Morning. Morning. All right. We've got a big bag of candy. I'm not going to throw any candy because I'm so strong I might kill somebody. <laughs> but talk to me afterwards, kids, if you can tell me two things you remember from the sermon, and they're actually in the sermon, or if you can give me a filled out, whatever it is that you fill out, then I will hook you up with the delicious Kit Kat bar. All right, kids, this sermon is for you, and I have some very important questions, so everybody can just shout them out. I want to see how good our collective enemy DAR is, enemy radar. I'm, uh, how good are you at naming enemies? So I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and we'll see if you know the answers. Very important questions. Who is... The enemy of Harry Potter. Mm, he who must not be named. <laughs> who is the enemy of Luke Skywalker? The guy in the black suit with the, yeah, with the breathing and stuff. Yeah. All right, I don't know if this generation of kids knows this one, but... Who is the enemy of Aladdin and Jasmine? Very good. Very good. I don't know if any, this generation of kids knows this one. Who is the enemy of Dorothy and the Tin Man at all? The Wicked Witch of the West. Very good. Can someone name an enemy of Spider-Man? Those are, those are enemies of Spider-Man. Those, good job. Can someone name an enemy of Batman? Yep, he's got a lot of enemies. Poor Batman. All right, now we'll do some Bible ones because this is a sermon. Who is the enemy of Adam and Eve in the garden? The serpent. Very good. Who is the enemy of... Moses. Pharaoh. Very good. Who is the enemy of Jesus? Yeah, well, that's, that's good. Who is the enemy of Jesus in the desert? Satan. All right, you guys have pretty good enemy detection, I guess. All right, last question. Who is your enemy? Satan? Am I, am I getting any other answers? Sin? Okay. Not bad, not bad. Can you name a person who's your enemy? Satan, well, Satan, sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow, we got some political commentary over here. Okay, our passage is from Psalm 3, and this psalm is about enemies. And it's about praying about your enemies. So you have to know who your enemies are. And so we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that today. It actually says, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. So does somebody want to take a guess who King David's enemy was in the psalm? Absalom. That's right. 
I don't know if you guys know the story, but uh, David sinned. King David was the great king of Israel, and he sinned. And God punished him by having his bad son, King Absalom, rebel and steal the kingdom. And he turned the hearts of a lot of people against David. So David actually had a lot of enemies. He had to go on the run with all the people that were still loyal to him. And he was surrounded by enemies. And so he prayed this prayer, this psalm that we're going to talk about today that we already sang, that Pastor Ben led us in singing. So let's go ahead and read Psalm 3. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You will break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you that you are good. I thank you for this church. Thank you for your many blessings on us. I thank you that you do protect us. I pray for those who are not here today, for the Duns and for the Silers in particular, that you would be with them and bring them back to us safely and happily. Help them to enjoy their various vacations and things. I pray for those of us that are struggling with sickness, that you would help us to get over that. Um, that you would help our church to be healthy. And I thank you for your many blessings on us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so who are the enemies of the Christian? Who are our enemies? We said Satan, we said sin. Does anybody have any other answers they want to give? John's pointing to himself. I think John is our enemy. Is that what you're saying? Yourself. Yes. Okay. Okay. Very good. Actually, if you think about it, there's lots of different ways that we have enemies and that people and things are our enemies. And let's just talk about them. Because if we don't understand that we have real enemies, then the psalm's not really going to make very much sense. David had enemies that he could name, people that were trying to kill him. I don't think anybody in here has anyone that's trying to kill them right now. But who are our enemies? Well, sometimes, like, like John said, you, that was a good answer. We are our own enemy. And that can happen in a lot of ways. It can be like our body and the threats to our body are our own enemies. Who here has gotten sick? Has anyone known anyone, like maybe a grandparent or someone, who's gotten sick and died? Our bodies don't always work the way that they're supposed to. They can be vulnerable. So our body, even though it's a wonderful thing that God gives us, can become 
our enemy. My body's been my enemy recently because I have this thing that I've been asking the church to pray for a lot called acid reflux, which thank God has been a lot better recently. But if anyone doesn't know what acid reflux is, it's where you eat food and then the little thing in your throat that's supposed to close after the food goes into your stomach doesn't close all the way. And so acid from the stomach just goes up into your throat, up into your mouth. And that feels an awful lot like my body is my enemy because I'm like, yay, I'd like to eat some food. And then I try to eat some food and then my body's like, acid. My body's like an alien shooting acid at me when I try to eat. That, may, that makes me feel like my body's my enemy. We've got a, a, a toddler right now who likes to toddle around. And because of the weaknesses of her body, it's kind of like everything is her enemy. Outlets are her enemy. Coins are her enemy. Chokeable things. Knives. She'll come toddling up to the dishwasher when it's out. And, you know, there'll be knives and things, and she'll do that. And it's like the dishwasher is her enemy. So our bodies can be our enemies. Sometimes our thoughts and our feelings are our enemies. We think the wrong things. We want the wrong things. We get tired. We get sick. We, get, we don't feel the things that God wants us to feel. Or, or we have pain in our past or things that happen to us that kind of trick our brains, if you know what I mean. Like when I was a kid, a dog jumped up on my baby carriage when I was one, and I don't actually remember this, but I was told a dog jumped up on my baby carriage, just trying to be friendly, but it really frightened me. And then for the next 10 or 15 years, I was scared of dogs. And I got to be 13, 14 years old, and I was just tremendously afraid of dogs. I didn't want to go to friends' houses who had dogs. If I was out in the neighborhood, I would feel weird if, you know, a dog came to the fence. I had this weird, irrational fear of even the nicest dogs. And those dogs, a lot of those dogs were actually perfectly nice. They weren't my enemy. But my brain thought that they were. So it was like my brain was my enemy. My brain was tricking me. Some people have that, not with dogs, but with moms, dads, people of another race, with all kinds of things where because of a past hurt that they've had or something, they, their brains start to think the wrong things. Now, somebody over here said the other one, which is that our, our bodies are our enemies, our thoughts can be our enemies, but also, of course, our hearts can be our enemies. We have sinful hearts. We want what we shouldn't have. We get angry at our brothers or sisters. We lord it over people. We're proud of things. We lust. We covet. We hate God. So there are a lot of ways in which we can be our own enemy. But what about other people? Can other people be our enemies? Yes. I assume most of us don't have people trying to kill us, like King David did. But how can other people be our enemies? How can, for the kids, have you met somebody who's your enemy? 
I think you probably have. Like, for example, a very foolish person can be our enemy. The, the kid at school who wants to show you something bad on his phone or have you try something that you're not supposed to try or, or leads you into disobeying or mocking the teacher. The person who endangers you or gets you to do silly things. Like, hey, it would be cool to just set this thing on fire right now. That person's your enemy. We talked a lot about that last summer when we did Proverbs, and we're going to talk about it again, I think, probably as we talk about Proverbs. But there are foolish people who want you to be foolish too. And those people are your enemies. What about people who love power? People who are bullies? People who like to tear people apart with their words? People who prey on the weak? Those people are our enemies. I think any boy that's been to school probably knows a little something about this. Because you have, you have uh, boys that just want to kind of establish hierarchy, and so they choose the weakest person and they tear them apart. Maybe some of the people in this room have been that, that enemy. What other kinds of people are enemies? What about people who hate God and want you to, too? Now, the thing about all these people is that they're not your enemies because they say, ah, I hate God and I want you to, too. They don't present that way, right? But have you ever thought about, like, for example, how many songs you listen to that are just telling you to do bad things that are against God's law and God's character? Songs that are just like, it's good to be rebellious, it's good to be immodest, things like that. There's a lot of people out there that are trying to tell you that doing the opposite of what God says is right. And some of those people can even be your, your teachers, your family. Certainly they can be people on TV and things like that. But there are people out there that are our enemies. And finally, I think we also said this one. We have spiritual enemies, right? We have the devil. And what do you think of when you think of the devil? Anybody? Temptation? Yeah, Peter's doing this. Yeah. A guy with red horns and a red leotard and a tail and a pitchfork. That's not the devil. That's, that's like the devil in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. But there is a real devil. There are real demons. And they, they want to lead us into bad things. So do we have enemies? Do we all have enemies? Why don't we like to say that we have enemies? Like, why, why, was, why is that kind of a hard question? Because when I ask, do we have enemies? It's like, well... I don't know, I guess. I think it's hard because we don't like to admit that we have scary things or problems or things we can't control in our lives. And just like King David, when King David was being pursued by Absalom, like he is when he, when he wrote this psalm, it came about because of King David's sin. 
King David did not raise a very good son. He actually raised some pretty bad sons. And that's part of the story of Absalom. King David also committed a very famous sin with Bathsheba and then had her husband murdered, another sin. And God took the kingdom away from him for a time as a punishment for that sin. So sometimes we don't like to talk about our enemies or think about our enemies because we created them. You know, my acid reflux, my body shooting acid at me, a lot of that's because I ate really poorly for a really long time. And so, should I pray to God about something that I caused myself? Yes. Yes, actually. King David repented of that sin. He repented. He wrote a very famous psalm called Psalm 51, where he gave a beautiful prayer of repentance. But then, he prayed that God would deliver him from his enemies. So, how do we give dangers to God, enemies to God. How do we pray about these things? Well, the first thing that we do is we tell God, we identify our enemies, and then we tell God who they are. Uh, Verse 1 of the psalm says, O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. So King David says, here's my enemy, And here's what he's saying. Here's the story that he's telling. And you can pray that way. Dear God, there's a guy named Brad at school who wants to lead me into sin. And here's what he's saying. It would be fun to do this. You can pray. Identify your enemies and then tell them. The next thing that King David does is he remembers and he rehearses all of God's kindness, all the good things that God has done. So verse three, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Has anyone here ever had to memorize Anything, like a scripture or the lines for a play or a song or something like that. The Christian life and our prayer life is actually about doing the same thing that you do when you memorize. What what do you do when you memorize? Yeah, you say it over again. You rehearse it by saying it over and over and over and over and over and over and over so that it'll stick in your brain. I think all of us who are adults had things we memorized when we were really little, the Gettysburg Address or the Pledge of Allegiance or Psalm 23 or maybe to be or not to be from Hamlet or a handful of things that Luke 2, you know, there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. I could probably still say that whole thing, even though I haven't You know, I hear it every Christmas. I suppose I come across it sometimes when I'm reading the Bible. But the real reason I know it is because at some point in my life, I just said it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And the Christian life is about that kind of rehearsal with God's kindnesses. We need to remember and rehearse and say to ourselves over and 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 over 
Again, these are the good things that God did for me. You know, as I pray about my acid reflux, I remember and I thank God for all the other health issues and things that he's helped me with, all the ways that he's been kind to me and I've been worried about this or that with my body and then it hasn't been anything or he's fixed it or there's been medicine for it. And it's good to remember those things. And the more you do that over your life, the more prepared you are when something bad happens and you, and you want to pray about it and you want to not be given to anxiety about it, the more prepared you are to remember all the good things that God has done in this area. And that really helps you. That really helps you and gives you comfort. And so as we pray, as we talk to God, as we think about our lives, we need to remember the good things that God has done for us. Finally, King David takes comfort in God because God will protect him and smite, I like that word, his enemies. And he calls on God to do that. So verse 7 says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike I guess it says strike in this translation. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And blessings, or your blessing, be on your people. God likes, and I cannot emphasize this enough, God really likes being called on for his strength. He likes to show off. He likes to bring glory to himself. And one of the ways that he does that is by defending his people and delivering them from the things that come against them and the other people that come against them. I have a toddler. If my toddler stubs her toe or starts crying, if I have to get up off the couch to go deal with her or help her or something like that, because I'm a sinner, there's always this little part of me it's like, oh man, I wish I could just still be sitting on the couch. I can't believe I have to get off the couch to go help my toddler again. I'm a sinner. God is not like that. I, I, I ought to say, you know what? God made me a father. I'm a father. It is my glory to get off the couch and change this diaper or do this thing. I'm bringing glory to myself actually by doing it in a, in a weird way. But I, but I don't think that way. I just think, oh man, I can't believe I have to get off the couch. But God loves to protect his people. He's really happy when he hears from them, God, I need help with this or that or this person or this thing or with my own sinful heart or with whatever is coming against me. God's like, yes, I get to show off. I get to protect my people. I get to show my strength. This is great. This is what I love to do. So God is our shield. And he is kind and he loves doing it. So, so let's trust him and let's pray to him. And so it can be your own heart or it can be a scratch that you got from the cat that hurts. or You just have to think of one thing this week that is your enemy, or a person even, for some of you. And then remember all the ways that God's been kind there before, and then pray for him 
to deliver you. Okay? All right, let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you that you are kind, that you are merciful, that you love to save your people, that you are our shield. Thank you for protecting us and being a good father. Thank you that you delight in uh, doing good things and giving good things to your people. Pray that all of us would have faith for that this week. In Jesus' name, amen.